This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to this edition of Rappaport to the Rescue. I'm Jill Rappaport. And you know, the last few weeks I've reflected on various celebrities and their passion and devotion to animals in need. And I've always felt that when I meet people like that, it doesn't matter how famous they are, how successful, how rich, it doesn't matter. When you have that connection, there's an immediate bond. We're all like kindred spirits sharing our passion for these animals, our need to take care of them. And that's how so many of my relationships have been formed over the years with so many pretty well-known people where I really felt a little intimidated sitting down with some of them for interviews about their careers. And all of a sudden, the interview goes in a whole different direction because of our common love of animals. And joining me now is Bill Berloni, who, as you know, is with me every week. And Bill also has formed very special relationships in his career due to the fact that he takes these rescue animals, these shelter animals, he's made them superstars. And while getting them to the stage and screen, he has formed relationships with a lot of very well-known people, including our very special guest today, Isabella Rossellini. Oh, Bill, there's a lot of men very jealous right now and a lot of women in awe, like me. Tell me about how you met Isabella. You really had quite an interesting interaction. Absolutely. One day, Dorothy and I got an email directly to our personal email. And Dorothy is your wonderful wife. And it was asking for us to help train a dog for a show that she was doing, and it was signed Isabella Rossellini. Now, think of all the scam emails that are out there. This couldn't possibly be the real Isabella, but it did mention a contact, a director that we had worked with. And so we called the director and said, did you give Isabella our our email? And she went, yes, of course. She needs a dog. Wow. We spoke to her on the phone and, you know, she told us that she was doing a new show and she wanted to rescue a dog and make it the co-star of her show. And after we hung up, I was like, Dorothy, I don't know about this. I mean, we're used to finding rescue pets for people that fit their lifestyle. I don't know if we train a dog and turn it over to somebody that we don't know and have them follow through with it. And so- Wait a minute, not to interrupt you, Bill, but are you telling me you were actually contemplating not helping out Isabella Rossellini? You were actually rejecting her? No, it's the right dog for the right home. And you know, just because somebody wants a dog, whether it's for a show or for a pet, if they're not the right person or had never had a dog or had bad experiences, we're not going to adopt to them. So we had to vet her out a little bit to make sure that she would be a good person for us to find a dog for. Wow, did she know this? (laughs) I think she was vetting us out at the same time because she knew that we'd be working very closely with her and, uh, you know, this pet would be part of her family. So there was a little test, you know, we were checking each other out. And uh, fortunately, soon after that, she invited us over her house for dinner. She made an Italian dinner and we became family. Well, that is what has happened with you and so many of your famous clients, your famous pet parents, as we like to call them. And it really is interesting, Bill, how these relationships are formed with very private, very well-known people who really don't let too many people into their inner circle. But when the pets are involved, the relationships are formed. Exactly. And what we never knew about Isabella was that she had always been an animal lover. She had always rescued. And... um you know, that was a, 
a thing she loved as part of her life. And it is amazing because you don't care who they are or what they do. It really is all about the pet for you, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Because if you're good to your pet, you have a good heart. And I want to hang out with good-hearted people, just like you, Jill. Oh, Bill. Well, on that note, coming up, Bill's close personal friend who actually fixed him an Italian dinner, the one and only Isabella Rossellini. Stay tuned. Looking for a dental treat that does more for your dog? Daily Dose is a two-in-one chew that pairs a daily dental scrub with powerful supplements to help with the biggest health concerns facing our dogs. Daily Dose was developed by vets to be simple to use and super effective. Plus, dogs love the taste. Available for joint, skin, heart health, or calming. Daily Dose, your pet's daily dose of awesome. Visit yourpetsdailydose.com to save $3 on your first bag with promo code PETLIFE. That's yourpetsdailydose.com. Want to know who the latest trendsetters are in Hollywood? How about Irish setters? Find out who's been spotted with Spot, chowing with her chow, and shopping for Gucci with their Poochie. Get the scoop on all the latest celebrity pet patter right here. Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Rappaport to the Rescue. I'm Jill Rappaport, and our very special guest today is the one and only Isabella Rossellini. I am so excited to have her here. Of course, you know her as the star of Blue Velvet, Wild at Heart. She also has an interesting project called Green Porno, we'll explain. She's the model spokesperson for years for Lancome, has her own wonderful fragrance, Tresor, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, and her series Link Link Circus, a theatrical lecture that she was actually doing before COVID, which is all about the relationship between animals and humans. And if that isn't enough, this talented beauty also has, would you believe, her master's degree in animal behavior and conservation. Oh, Isabella, welcome. I'm looking at the most magnificent, it looks like logs, is it a log farm? Yes, I live in a barn, in an old barn that was a, a hay barn, and I converted it into a home. So yes, the name of my farm is Mama Farm, because I started it, but now it's run by my daughters, and m- most of the people that come are mothers with their children. And also most of the animals that we have are females, the chickens, the bees, the sheep, but we have, rarely have a male, so it's really Mama's Farm. And you are truly a hands-on farmer, and you're helping so many people in your community through your love of animals. Yes, it's amazing. You know, I bought the, I mean, I'm from Italy, so farming is very much part of our life because cooking is very much part of Italian life. And so I always only went to farmer's markets. We don't go to supermarkets. We don't buy frozen vegetables and made prepared dishes. So when I came here to live here, I had a house in Belford, Long Island for 36 years, but I moved to live here permanently to be my primary residence about 15 years ago. I wanted to have something to do that it wasn't just having a beautiful home. And then the opportunity to buy a piece of land came about. It was a piece of land that was going to be eventually developed for 12 home. And I bought it, made a conservation easement transform it into a farm, very much a little bit the way I grew up in Italy. 
And I didn't know at the time the incredible impact that it has on the community. It really changes the community for the mothers to be able to come and see how vegetables grow, to see baby chicks, uh, uh, lamb, wool. Yesterday, we sheared two of my sheep and uh, two little girls came, eight and nine, and they are learning how to knit. They were so enchanted. And then I just gave them the fleece from one sheep and they left. It was as if I had given them gold. And I know that that moment is going to be an important moment in her life because I said, now you have to wash the wool, you have to separate the lanolin, which is a kind of an oil on the fleece of the wool. So you have to boil it, but you can't rub it too much because then you ruin the wool. And I know that they are experimenting with all that and they will never wear a sweater. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, (laughs) not only are they getting these incredible treasures from you and your animals, it's coming from Isabella Rossellini. I mean, these are your neighbors getting eggs and wool and things to knit with. I mean, the fact that they're getting it from you must make it so very special. Well, well, the little girls didn't—they don't even know me. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm known maybe for an older generation of people who might have seen my film or my work as a model. But a lot of other people don't know it. Uh, there is a little girl who is three who thinks my name is Isabella Had a Farm. She calls me. That's my full name. Hi, Isabella Had a Farm. <laughs> Because I know the parents sang to her, Isabella had a farm. Yeah, yeah, you're making fun of me. <laughs> oh, I love it. That is just a great story. Well, of course, we're joined by your dear friend, Bill Berloni, who has had a great impact on your life and really helped enhance your love of rescue animals. So her, da- her name is Darcy. She's growling right now. <laughs> she, she, she is, she's little. And she has to assert herself among sheep, other dogs that are bigger. So she's always barking and always growling. Bill, what do you think? You did a good job, but she seems a little tense. (laughs) No, she's doing exactly the job that Isabella wanted her to do. We knew where she was going to end up, and she wanted a spunky co-star for her show. Yes, and she's funky. (laughs) Oh, she's so adorable, and she protects you. And Bill was talking about how very special you are with your animals. You know, Isabella, I brought up one of your projects, which the title alone, everybody's going to go, what? Green porno. (laughs) We started it, incredibly enough, 12 years ago. And I had been working uh, with the Sundance Channel, which is an experimental channel. It's run by the great Robert Redford, who started also the film festival, independent films and all that. He was doing all this programming like Green Life, Green Your House, Green Transportation. And I thought, green porno. I'm going to say in one minute, if I were a fly and transform myself into a fly, I make this way. If I were a worm, transform myself with costumes in a worm, I would make that way. And so we created a very short, funny, comical series that was, became very successful. Obviously, we know you from incredible films, from Blue Velvet, you know, this series that you have now. I loved you on an episode of Friends. I mean, you've just done... <laughs> all sorts of incredible things, wild at heart. And yet, what I was the most impressed with, not only your animal advocacy, but also the fact that you actually went and got a master's degree because of your love of animals. Yeah, I got a master's degree on animal behavior and conservation. When I went to see uh, Dorothy and Bill to learn how to instruct a dog and have the dog respond to my command, I stayed over and Bill said, 
Well, you can stay over, but you have to sleep with the dog. So I said, <laughs> You've been there before, right, Isabella? <laughs> but it was never a request that was ever done. And I slept with Darcy, the doggy that became eventually my dog and was in the theater with me. But we also had an understudy, just in case the dog becomes here ill or something goes wrong and you have to have an understudy. And that na their name is Minnie. Mm -hmm. And Minnie is uh, Bill's daughter's dog, who was also small and as patchy. And so we trained the two dogs for the show. And sometimes Minnie did it at the beginning until until we were sure that Darcy could take over. <laughs> you know, at the beginning of the show, before you came on, Bill and I were talking about how your relationship was formed. Bill, you told me that she made an Italian dinner for you. You didn't say that she slept over. Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, it shows you. you, uh, you and slept with dogs. And slept with dogs. I thought <laughs> <a> request. <laughs> and how was yeah. the night? Did you get a good night's sleep? You knew that dog was the one for you, right? I have to say, I have I sleep better with dogs than without dogs. I, I've always slept all my life with a dog in bed. When I travel, sometimes as an actress for my work, I don't have dogs with me, and it feels lonely. I like that little hot body is next to me. And, you know, besides all of the things you do for animal advocacy and just to educate people about animals in need and animals and the way they behave, you have been the face of Lancome for decades, and also your fragrance, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right. I'm from Michigan, not France. Trezor, is that right? Perfection. And <laughs> celebrating a 30-year anniversary? Well, that is, yes, I, I worked as a model, and though I even started to work as a model when I was old, so imagine, because I'm not very old. Uh, 30 years anniversary of Trezor, and it's a perfume that I wore for 30 years. It became so much part of me I wonder what my animal think of it because you hear my because they are very sensitive to smell. I'm sure they recognize right. me by <laughs> saying, "Where is Trezor? Oh, there she is." <laughs> yes, I am very grateful to have worked with Lancome. They created for me a financial independence that I wouldn't have had if I had been just a farmer. It was very interesting to be on the forefront, not only of style and beauty and fashion, which is something that I always was interested and liked, but even of, of women's need, of women's, um, how do they want to define themselves? And this long run with them, because now I've worked with them for over 40 years with a long interruption in between, but still they were present in my life, has given me a, you know, Lancome is a service to women. And so you have a very good pulse of what the women want. And that to me has always been the most interesting aspect of working for a cosmetic company. You know, you mentioned the long pause in between. I just want to touch on this because at the height, when you were the face for this brand, and I have to tell you, Isabella, it doesn't matter who they've used before or after or since. To me, you're always the face of Lancome. But when I believe you were 43 years old at the height, all of a sudden it was curtains closed. We did a very, very successful 15 years run. And then when I turned 40, and then it took them almost two or three years to get rid of me, <laughs> Just because I was so successful and there was a very strong debate within the company. But the executive at the time felt that advertisement addresses the dream, doesn't address the reality. Yes, women that are 40, 50, 60 use cream, use perfume, use makeup. But you, advertisement doesn't address that reality, addresses the dream. And the dream of women, I was told, is to be very young or eternally young or younger than that age. And that's why a 42 years old could not represent that dream and I was let go. 
But years later, and 23 years later, so there's many years later, when I received a call for a Lancome saying, we would like to have you back. And I was so surprised because I have to confess at the beginning where they let me go, I did suspect it was ageism. And I was sure for the first three, four, five years that they were going to call me back. But 23 years, you know, you gave it. (laughs) That's a long pause. It's a long pause. So I was so stupefied. And I said, well, can I come to Paris and meet the new executive? Because I want to understand 23 years is a long time. And also, I haven't become any younger. And what happened to that debate of the women's dream? So I go to Paris and I'm asked to go to a restaurant to wait for the new executive. And I see a motorcycle arrive and a woman comes out of the motorcycle take off the cask, blonde hair like yours, beautiful. And she walks in all dressed in fantastic pants and a leather jacket. And she is the new CEO of Lancome. I am Lord, because I was expecting, frankly, a six years old fat man. (laughs) As they had been. No, some of them were not fat. Some of them were (laughs) handsome, but they were men. And... And she said to me, it was a mistake. I was still at Lancome when you were last to go. 20 years ago, I was starting to work. And I totally realized that it was a mistake. And we're doing marketing research. And thank God, a lot of women like you still remembered me. And I think we have to ratify this. And women do not use makeup. Many women may want to look young, but younger. But the majority of women, they want to look elegant, sophisticated. And that's what I want to promote. Yes, makeup, fashion can be an instrument of seduction, but we're still using makeup and beautiful clothes because it's a feminine pleasure. The same way a man uh, repairs uh, cars or runs in a motorcycle or whatever, this is our game as adults. So I want you to come back because I want to be more inclusive and uh, enlarge the dialogue about uh, makeup just as an instrument of seduction. So I was, as I said before, I was completely pleased to go back and to witness also these uh, changes in society and these, you know, these big companies, they reflect what is in society. And so... And they're embracing women for who we are now. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. It's all about the inner beauty that comes through. And thank goodness this executive had the sense to understand your value was the woman. and how much you were beloved. Her name is Françoise Liman. And I would say, Françoise, I think you understand it because you're a woman. I think the men understand, uh, I'm sorry, there's so many men, Bill, but Bill is here. You, they understand women use of makeup as a seduction tool. It's easier to understand it because it's addressed to them. But, you know, we also use makeup among girlfriends when we go out, we, do, we go to a spa. And that is a women's world that men don't really understand so much. And so they didn't address it as, um, as directly and as explicitly. That's why it's important to have women in executive uh, position. Because and also beauty comes in so many different forms. I mean, your mother was one of the most beautiful women of all time, Ingrid Bergman. I mean, absolutely a face that will be etched in my mind forever, just gorgeous. You are absolutely beautiful. But beauty today would not have maybe have been accepted decades ago for covers of magazines or the face of a brand. And thank goodness, because I read that you went through quite a dark period when they fired you because you felt like between 45 and 60, there's no work. 
No, there wasn't no work. And, and, you know, and it was pretty depressing waiting for a job. And that's when I went back to university and I started to study I, uh, and started to farm. I mean, the farm started about 12 years ago. And uh, I went back to, I had to still finish my undergraduate study before finishing my graduate studies. And I was still working some, not as much as uh, in the heyday of my career. But so it, everything was slow. But yeah, I, I did other things that were interesting to me. And I'm very grateful to myself. And I'm grateful for Lancome because Lancome had created a, a little bit of an independent financial for me because they paid a wonderful salary so that I, when the work wasn't there, I could go back to university because I had a little stash of money and I could go back to my first love, which has been animals and farming which is not lucrative at all. So now I have money and the farm and the animal. I got it all. <laughs> and you have Bill Berloni as your buddy. So what's better than that? You know, Bill, we were talking about this earlier. We've both been fortunate to form very special relationships with people that have achieved so much like Isabella because of our love of animals. And Bill, you were saying that she really is one in a million because of her ability, not only to connect, but her devotion to these animals in need. Exactly. You know, I knew Isabella as a great artist, you know, being of Italian American heritage myself, you know, being very proud of her achievements. But the public didn't know and why I thought she'd be a good guest is that she's loved animals from the day she was born. I've seen pictures of her with dogs and donkeys and ponies. And, <laughs> and I have learned so much from her, you know, from the knowledge she's gained about animals. So it's, again, the heart is... Uh, Something beautiful, and, and Isabella has a beautiful heart. See, your doggy agrees, Isabella. She She's agrees. barking on the truth. And also, Bill and I have very similar background. I mean, you're an actor, you know, falling in love with dogs, uh, becoming your world specialist on, on theater dogs, but you perform with them, you train them. And there isn't anybody like Bill, you know, it was really, you, you carve for yourself a niche. No one else has done. No, no, no one else has done. That's yeah. why when I had this opportunity given to me, thanks to Pet Life Radio, I only wanted Bill to be on with me every show. He is so from the heart, the real deal. Cares also, about this, lives, breathes 24-7. And also you can tame an animal by fear, but they will give you much more if you tame them by kindness. Love. And I think yes. Bill has that secret. Last, I want to end on a very poignant note because we've all kind of learned a lot about ourselves during this very frightening time. What has been the best part about having all this time to yourself and with your family, with your animals? Well, I think it has been, um, I think I were, it's not having deadlines, you know, <laughs> and not having deadlines, it creates a quietness in you that you can really, in me, that I can really say, what is it I want? What are my priorities? Because while you're working, there are so many pressures and you always have a deadline. There's always a slight little knot in my stomach. And I can't really ask myself, what do I really want? Because uh, what I really want is to solve this problem of today. Yes, if there is something I don't like, uh, I know I don't want it anymore. But to really know the priorities and the priorities are my family and my animals. That's so beautifully put and a great lesson that we learned during a very frightening time. Well, Isabella Rossellini, I cannot thank you enough. This has been, as I said in the beginning of the show, Oscar, I'm not done yet. That's my dachshund. He's agreeing with me. As I said in the beginning, it is a true honor and a pleasure to have you here. Absolutely. It was so great to see you. Great to see Bill. Thank oh. you so much. Thank you for thank the interview. Thank you so much for your amazing work. 
for all of these animals in need. Thank and you. that's it for today's edition of Rappaport to the Rescue. Thank you so much for tuning in. And you know what I always say, stay positive. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.